Welcome to the Real Facts on Real Estate podcast, presented by Sean Patrick Moloney. In this series, we educate real estate agents on how to find success in the industry and grow their wealth to six-figure commissions and beyond. Now here is your host, Sean Moloney. Welcome to episode 218, What to Say When Talking to Mortgage Professionals. I'm your host, Sean Patrick Maloney. Thanks for joining me this week. This week, I want to go over the ins and outs of talking with mortgage professionals. Too often, agents go about their business without ever talking to the mortgage professional, only to come to find out that they've caused absolute chaos, people that are mad, extensions needed, possibly even blowing up an entire deal over the simple choice of dates, going about thinking the buyer and the seller are the ultimate bosses. So let's break it down today. Let's let you know who your boss is, what bosses you have, and just some simple things to remember when working as a real estate agent. That way you don't get yourself in a bind and you don't lose a deal over something as simple as choosing the wrong dates and ultimately anger every party involved to have the whole thing fall apart. So first off, the key to a successful transaction without stress is clear communication. As the agent on the deal, you're the chief communicator who needs to keep all the channels open and flowing. I think this one's often forgotten. I think agents think, I'm an agent, you're a mortgage professional, you're an attorney. You each do your own job, make your own phone calls, check in on everything. Well, depending on the state you work in and what your job is as the agent does vary, but in most states, our job as the agent really is the person who just oversees the transaction and makes sure everybody follows the dates, the timelines, and the different things that are needed. Calling people to remind them something's due tomorrow, calling people to take care of things like town hall, calling the fire department, ordering certificates, different things like that. But remembering that we're the person who keeps the communication open. So if you ever feel like there's a bunch of stale air or you ever feel like you don't know what's going on, I want you to walk over to a mirror, look in it and say, do your job. Get back to working on communicating. It's amazing how often people let emotion get into this business, right? Like, oh, they're probably not calling me because they probably forgot. So just simply pick the phone up and simply call people. You're going to find a lot more success. And with mortgage professionals, same thing. Don't wait until the time you need them to call them. When working with a new buyer client, one of the first calls to make ahead of going out there and even showing homes is to the mortgage professional they're using. And there's some really important questions to ask them. It's important to get familiar with their policies, their timelines, and their procedures in the home buying process. It's important that we understand all that. That way there, when we go to write an offer, we're ready to do so. Because on an offer sheet, we're going to have something called the purchase price. So what's the person pre-qualified for? How much can they borrow? That way there, we know the purchase price. How much money are they putting down on the loan? Because if we're going to use a mortgage contingency, we're going to need the amount of money that they're financing. Next up, how many days do they need from the offer in order to get into a purchase and sale agreement? Now, that's one that we usually go 10 or 12 days pretty easy, so we really don't have to call the bank on that one. But from that date, what happens from there? That's the important one. So from the purchase and sale agreement to the commitment letter, the commitment letter being the letter that the bank puts out that says, hey, we need to no longer look into this individual because we've done all our research and we're committing the funding to the deal for this person. For us to create that commitment letter date, we need the bank. We need the person who's lending the money. Why? Because otherwise we're putting out a date that may not be able to happen and it isn't a date that we can just change. Remember, extensions are requests. 
Extensions aren't just granted because. Now I know most of the time when a buyer is actively working with a seller, it's hard. The seller really doesn't want to get rid of them because they're selling the home. But in an upward climbing market, what if they have a better offer? What if they want your buyer out? What if things aren't working out the way they wanted and they had no out until you missed a date? So don't risk it. Make sure to talk about that commitment letter date. So again, how many days between the purchase and sale agreement, not the offer, because remember, we can choose those dates, but between the purchase and sale agreement and the commitment letter. The next one is how many days from the purchase and sale agreement to the closing date. That's another important one to remember because we can't just choose our own closing dates. What happens if the mortgage professional cannot get there that day? What happens if they can't get the funding done by then? What happens if people at the attorney's office can't close on that date? These are the reasons that we're reaching out to the mortgage professional. Now, if you're working with a buyer client, and you don't have a mortgage professional and you need dates, you're going to want to talk to the attorney's office because they're the ones who are going to dictate the terms. How many days from offer to purchase and sale agreement? How many days from purchase and sale agreement to closing? Because if there's no mortgage, you're not going to need that commitment letter. So those three dates are going to be important. Just remember, side note, when not working with the bank, remember you're going to talk to the attorney. In a deal, I always say there's kind of four bosses, right? So in a seller's market, it goes like this. You have the bank, or the money. Whoever the money is, when can the money get there? Very important. Closing can't happen without it. Next one, the attorney's office. The attorney's office can't be a closing, can't do the title work, can't do those things. We can't close in time. The seller. The seller gets to choose when they want to leave and when they don't want to leave. So they're the boss. And then the buyer, because they're the one who wrote the offer and they dictate the terms there. But again, if the seller doesn't accept their offer, we never move forward. Now, if we have a cash deal, it's three boss, it's attorney, seller, buyer. But then if we move over to a buyer's marketplace, we tend to flop the four. So then it becomes bank, attorney, buyer, seller. And the reason for this is because the buyer in a buyer's market is not easy to find. So oftentimes the sellers are amicable to the buyer. But that said, this is a flip-flop because at the end of the day, in order to buy anyone's house, they must be willing to sell it to you, which means that the seller must be boss number three. Hope you guys didn't get confused by that. But ultimately speaking, again, bank, attorney, seller, buyer, that's kind of the throwdown of who gets to choose dates and when. But knowing that without the mortgage professional, without the money, we can't do the deal. Other things to talk with mortgage professionals about is just the overall process. How long does it take for an appraisal? Different things that they do, any paperwork they're going to need. Just stay in constant communication. Just let them know, hey, we just got an accepted offer. Hey, the home inspection went great. Hey, we're signing purchase and sale agreement. Here's a copy. And make sure you get everyone copies of every document. As the agent, it's your job to make sure everyone on your side gets copies. Oftentimes when I get involved in deals with poor agents, their people reach out to me for their documents. Now, as a professional, I have a great folder system. I have all my documents. I don't mind sending them, but I'd be embarrassed if my people were asking across the border for documents because I didn't get them to them. Remember, you're a professional. Do your job. Guys, I hope this helps you understand that when talking with mortgage professionals, be proactive. Let them in on the deal. Let them help you more. Even talk to them about training. Oftentimes, lots of them will spend extra time with you, the agents that communicate with them. Hope you have a great year 2023, and I hope you guys have already subscribed. If you haven't already done so, please pound the subscribe button, and I look forward to telling you about some upcoming opportunities we have education-wise in the next few months. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great week.